The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And boy, oh boy, do we have a ridiculous amount of stuff to talk about on Clubhouse Conversation. It's Davo on your dish. What do we see tonight? Let's see. A great Royals win, complete with a roller coaster of emotions. The Royals get down early, tie it, get up, lose the lead, get up, lose the lead, nearly lose their shortstop for an extended period of time on a very controversial play that we'll get into. Then they get up and ultimately win the game. There was a little bit of Ned Yost controversy in this one, our first Yost controversy of the 2015 season. So we'll talk all about Brett Laurie. We'll talk about Ned Yost. I want to get into Paula Orlando, Alex Gordon. I want to preview tomorrow and Sunday. Lots to get to on this edition of Your Dish. But first of all, let's get right to our player of the game tonight. And it's a guy who didn't have the most sexy stats. If you want to go through and argue with me that the player of the game should be Lorenzo King with three hits or Salvador Perez with three hits or Kelvin Herrera for coming in and shutting the door in the seventh inning. Okay, those are all three fair arguments. I'll let you argue that. But to me, the player of the game tonight is Omar Infante, a guy who, by my estimation, helped the Royals plus three tonight in the run department. Two offensive plays and the big defensive play that nobody remembers. Let's talk about the offense first. One for three with two RBIs. So, again, not the sexiest stat line for Omar Infante, but he drove home Salvador Perez, two strikes on him, Salvia third there in the sixth, line drive up the middle to get him home and give the Royals back a four to three lead. It would be short-lived as Guthrie would give it right back on the top of the seventh, but gave the Royals a four to three lead. Then the eighth inning, Salvador Perez leads off with the single. Dyson pinch runs, and Omar, or excuse me, uh, Paula Orlando, so many O's. Paula Orlando hits the big triple, his fourth out of five hits, to drive home Dyson. And the Royals need that ever-important insurance run. Omar Infante delivers, sack fly. And defensively, we talked about Herrera in that seventh inning. I'm sure you realize, though, if you think back, that the Royals would have given up another run in that seventh inning. Had Omar Infante not saved the day, as Oakland had runners at first and second with two outs following the dirty Brett Laurie play, which, like I said, I got lots to talk about with that. But Josh Reddick and Marcus Simeon take off with first and second two outs. Salvador Perez, an ill-advised throw down to second, had no chance of getting the runner. Short hop said Omar Infante made a terrific play to grab that in the short hop. If that ball gets by him, that's a run easily for the A's, and who knows, maybe another one. The whole inning could have changed in that situation. So that's three runs that Omar Infante either contributed or saved with his defense and offense tonight. And so Omar Infante gets his first player of the game nod tonight, and that's also our play of the game defensively was the play that he made. Now let's get to the big two controversial plays of the night. And the first one is Nedio. So the Royals, like I said, get that 4-3 lead after Infante knocks in Salvi. And Jeremy Guthrie has thrown a decent game was getting hit hard the majority of the night. Yes, he did go six innings, three runs. That's fine. That's solid. Uh, But a lot of balls were in the middle of the plate. There were a number of balls smoked right at Royals outfielders in this game. But Guthrie's only at 74 pitches. So, I mean, it's kind of, in a way, a 50-50 thing. On one hand, you've got Guthrie, a veteran who gives you innings, who you can trust. He's given you a pretty decent start, six innings, three runs. He's only at 74 pitches. On the other hand, you've got Kelvin Herrera, who hasn't pitched in nearly a week. You've got arrested Wade Davis, Greg Holland. You've got a lead. It's a very important game after losing two in a row. You're at home. You want to make sure you get the first game in this homestand and get the first game against Oakland, especially one that Sonny Gray was pitching. What a big one this would be, and it ended up being that way. But uh, 70% of me thought it was the right move to go to Kelvin Herrera there. And I think majority of Royals Nation feels the same way. 
HDH has been unstoppable. But Ned chose to run back at Jeremy Guthrie. Oh, and by the way, there was another factor to talk about. And that's the fact that the leadoff hitter that Guthrie was going to face, Stephen Voigt, was already two for two with a home run and a double tonight after him and Ike Davis went back-to-back on home runs earlier in the game. And what do you know, five pitches in, Guthrie leaves a cutter in the middle of the plate, and it is deposited well into the right field stands. And the Royals are now tied at four. Ned comes out, brings in Herrera. Herrera gets out of that seven that we talked about, thanks to great pitching and a nice defensive play by Omar Infante. So some controversy. What do I think about that? Well, again, I think Ned should have gone to Kelvin Herrera there. But maybe it's good that he makes questionable to bad bullpen decisions against the A's. Our last two we've seen, I mean, go back to the wild card game. Bringing in Ventura out of relief, that turned into a debacle with Brandon Moss and the home runs and the Royals getting down. Of course, it didn't matter. The Royals came back and won, just like tonight. So, you know, maybe Ned just got the lucky hand, man. I don't think it was an awful move to bring back in Guthrie. I'm not saying that. I, I think I think Herrera should have come in. I think that's pretty clear. But it was not an awful move by Yost. So let's not get on too much here. I'm not that upset about it. Hey, even at the Royals' loss, I wasn't that upset about it. What I was upset about, though, was... Brett Laurie, and I'm sure your blood was probably boiling as much as mine was. The play happens. The play. Brett Laurie singles top of the seventh against Herrera, the first batter he sees. Josh Reddick chops a ball slowly off of Herrera, deflects over to Moose, who threw it a second, which is kind of a surprise. But what ensued there then is Brett Laurie completely sliding cleats up into the knee and the ankle right at Alcides Escobar. No doubt was sliding into him. After the game, he said there was no ill intent. He was trying to break up the double play. That's what he kept saying. I was trying to break up a double play. There was no double play ball there. There's no chance in hell that's a double play. No chance in hell. Josh Reddick is not slow for one thing. Number two, the ball is deflected. Number three, the fact that you're in Escobar's lap when the throw gets there tell you it's obviously not a double play ball since Laurie's not the fastest guy in the world. There's no way. I mean, now, if that's an actual double play ball, if that's a 6-4-3, if that's like a medium hit ball, 3-4 hops, and it's going to be a bang-bang play at first, and it's not dirty. I'm fine with it then. He went in, you know, Escobar was, the rule is, as long as you slide where your hands can touch the base either direction, you're allowed to slide and kind of take out the runner. That's considered hard-nosed baseball. That's true. That was not hard-nosed baseball. Not at all. Don't tell me you were trying to break up the double play. There was no double play to be had there. He went extra hard into Escobar. And this is a guy who has a history. I mean, he once spiked a helmet and drilled an umpire. This is a guy who is not an angel in the past. I've got a big problem with it. Now, the next question is, what should the Royals do? Should they respond tomorrow? Yes, absolutely. And and let's go back. Let's go back. I've heard a lot of people since the Minnesota series, and especially with Alex Rios, you know, breaking a finger and missing a month, and the Royals leading the league and getting hit by pitches, a lot of people say, well, we need to start throwing at people. But I didn't think there was any intent with the Twins at all. I mean, why throw at the Twins? There's no point. You're trying to win the games. They didn't do it on purpose. They're not, a, they're not a factor in the division. The White Sox, yeah, there was intent. Samarja was crap when he you know, drilled Kane. And the Royals responded accordingly by going up and in. 
But the Twins, I, the Twins, I don't think there's anything to take care of. Now people are clamoring for the Royals to take care of Laurie, and I believe they should. I do think now they should. I don't care if Laurie says no hard feelings and Butler told Salvi that. and I don't care if Laurie's going to talk to Eski. And I'm not saying be dirty like him. Look, we're not going to throw at his head. But he needs to have one at the very least thrown behind him if you don't want to hit him. But get him one of the ribs. Get him one of the behind. Settle this one and and stand up for your teammates. Make sure your teammates – it brings the team together. It brings the fans together. It fires up the team. I mean, it'll fire up the A's too, obviously. But I think the majority of the A's guys know it's coming. And probably if you ask them honestly, no – that Laurie was in the wrong in that play. So that those are my thoughts. I think the Royals should probably hit him tomorrow. I don't know about first at bat. I mean, the chances of him throwing out Ventura tomorrow are slim to none if he hits him in his first at bat. The umpires probably understand. They'll just throw some warnings. But I don't know that you want to risk it. Maybe second or third at bat you get him tomorrow, depending on the situation, I guess. I mean, maybe if you're up 4 nothing, and I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Several other things that to take from the game tonight. And thankfully, by the way, Escobar just with the severe bruise day-to-day. And I think the Royals will make a roster move. Ned, after the after the game and his presser, said, we'll probably have to look to make something. And, and the Royals have two infielders on the 40. Chesler Cuthbert is nowhere near the major leagues. He's hitting the ball well, but cannot field to save his life and can't play shortstop or second, so he's out. Orlando Calixte, the only other infielder on the 40, can play a little short and second. I don't think he's ready for the big leagues yet. I've seen him play several times. Year or two away yet, if you're asking me. I believe Ryan Jackson will be activated before the game tomorrow. They'll put Tim Collins in the 60 to create 40-man spot, and they'll and they'll send, uh, you know, good old Fuentes down after one day in the big leagues. <laughs> Terrence Gore gets, what, a day and a half up here? Raymond Fuentes gets called up. I think he's going back down. I think you bring up Ryan Jackson tomorrow just to have protection for five to seven days or however long it takes Eski to get back. I think we'll see Jackson up here for the Royals uh, with Collins going on the 60 and then Fuentes being sent back down. Now, some other things to take from tonight. Alex Gordon looked like Alex Gordon for the second straight game. Great to see. We didn't see him in that day game, obviously, yesterday in Minnesota with being off the day game after the night game. But one for three with a walk, and RBI, and a run for Gordo. Hit the ball hard. Almost drove in and a run when the Royals were tied. What was that, the fifth inning, I believe? I don't have the, the, the box in front of me anymore. I believe it was the fifth inning when he hit that ball hard with two men on base. Did drive in a run before that, scored a run. A nice walk there. Early on in the game in the second inning, nice patient walk leading out the second, which kind of set the tone. That's another thing. Great job by KC against Sonny Gray, especially in those first four innings. Royals had him at 83 pitches after four innings, 102 pitches in six innings. Four runs by the Royals, a career-high 11 hits allowed by Sonny Gray, and that started off with their approach with guys like Gordon with nice and long at-bats. And yes, he did strike out some guys and make them look foolish early, like Paulo Orlando and Omar Infante, but he's a damn good pitcher. So, I mean, even in those at-bats, the Royals had nice at-bats when they struck out. So I thought they did a great job against Sonny Gray, and it's nice to see Gordon be a part of that and getting back into it again. Paulo Orlando, next thing I want to talk about. With Alex Rios out, I mean, obviously the Fuentes move was made today because the Royals don't want Gerard Dyson playing right field more than once a week. I mean, Dyson was a debacle yesterday in right field. Two balls should have been made that weren't. You can't have that out there at all. Orlando, we didn't see too many difficult plays tonight. Certainly, there weren't two as difficult as the ones that Dyson was faced with and didn't make in Minnesota. There was one line drive that was played nicely in the third or fourth inning by Orlando out there. Just takes nice routes to the ball. I've been watching him play right field for quite a while. A couple times in the minor leagues, I've seen him out there. 
a little left as well. Just a, a smooth defender out there. Or, and to me, Orlando, the problem with sending Fuentes down to bring up Jackson is now you can't bring back Fuentes for, what, 10 days? And so then you're down to Dyson and Orlando in right field again. Although you could always move Kane to right in the pinch and put Dyson in center if you had to. So you've got some protection. And Orlando can play every day, and I think he should play every day. I think that a small sample size being acknowledged. I mean, four triples out of five hits. Orlando's had nice at-bats. Can run like the wind. I just think it's time to see what the Royals have there. You've got lightning in a bottle right now. It kind of reminds me of when Mike Avilas came up as an older player. It's kind of an afterthought. Never a guy you saw on the top 10 or 15 prospect list consistently. Kind of the same thing with Orlando. I think you write him out the next month and see what you have. Especially because you've got Rios on a, on a one-year contract. And who knows with Gordon at the end of this year. Dyson, you know what you have there. This is probably his last year in a Royals uniform, making seven figures. I can't imagine the Royals are going to play, you know, pay a 30-plus-year-old Dyson two or $3 million if he can only play one outfield position. And as he gets older, he'll start losing half step. So I would imagine this is Dyson's last year. So Orlando's a guy you got to see what you have. Either as a starter next year or a fourth outfielder. And even throughout this year. Who knows? He could contribute a lot this year. And it could just be a nice little story, a nice little hot start to his career. Let's see what we have, though, with Paulo. Next thing, bullpen tonight should be you know well-rested again. Everybody should be available tomorrow except for Chris Young. I imagine he'll need one more day off. But everyone else, Herrera, 17 pitches. He'll be good to go for another day in a row after having a week off. Wade Davis, only five pitches. Might be able to go two more days in a row. Greg Holland, only 10. The rest of the guys got the night off, so the bullpen should be nice and rested for Ventura and Duffy the next two days. And last thing from tonight, Billy Butler. Good to see him back. And it was right for him to leave, you know, to start over. And it was right for the Royals to let him go and not commit a third year to him. That was the right move. It was. I just love how it ended. How often does it end that well, where both sides are happy with each other, and it meant that it was time to move on, but it meant that there might be a door open in the future for a reunion, you know, whether it be as a coach or, uh, you know, a broadcaster or who knows. Maybe he'll come back here someday and retire. Who knows? The door is open, though, which is nice to see for Billy. So good to see him get a knock and get his 11-game hitting streak and good to see his team lose. Now let's preview the rest of the weekend. Interesting stuff here. First of all, tomorrow's right-hander we've never seen before. Six foot five, Jesse Hahn. Jesse Hahn, a guy we haven't seen, so I whipped out the... Let's drop it here so you can hear how thick it is. That's what she said, by the way. Baseball Prospectus 2015, the essential guide to the 2015 season. I love this every single year. You got the forward by Brian Bannister and Peter Gammons, and I love reading this. If you don't have it, it's a Bible. Get it. What do they say about Jesse Hahn this year? Well, they've still got him with the Padres, so I'm sure his ERA is a little bit different if he, if they have him projected in the AL. But they've got him at a 307, a 0.9 warp this year. They like him a lot. They, they they compare him to Wade Davis, interestingly enough. Wade Davis, Alex Cobb, and Zach Britton. So two of the three you know, relievers now. Interesting, though. So tomorrow's guy, Jesse Hahn, how has he done this year, you might ask? Well, 11 and two-thirds, four earned runs, although seven overall, but four earned runs on 10 hits. So 10 hits and 11 and two-thirds, two walks, so a solid whip, right? A little bit over one. Five Ks and 11 and two-thirds, not going to blow you away, but he does have a great curveball. Big-time curveball that snaps, falls off the table. That's his put-away pitch. So good secondary pitches from Hahn. Like I said, never seen the Royals. Only 14 of 16 games with the San Diego Padres. And a guy who's supposed to be capped at 160 innings this year coming off of Tommy John a few years ago. So not a guy who's going to go more than six or seven tomorrow. Uh, hopefully we, we play. We'll see what happens with the weather. 
Now, Ventura is his mound opponent tomorrow. His last outing against Oakland, we're not going to talk about. <laughs> we're just going to forget the wild card game, all right? Well, that part of it, at least. <laughs> so it'll be Ventura against Han tomorrow. I like the Royals' chances tomorrow. Like him a lot. I think Ventura will do very well against this team. Some guys in that Oakland lineup who I question whether or not they can catch up to a big-time fastball. There's about three to four guys in particular. Now, Sunday... Wow, the Royals are facing Scott Kazmir, and boy, is he off to a start this year. Just absolutely sick. It'll be Kazmir and Duffy. So far this year, an 0-6-9 ERA, 0-6-9 whip for Kazmir. 18 Ks in just 13 innings. Only four hits in 13 innings for Scott Kazmir this year. The Royals did beat him, though, last year. 3 to nothing. Jason Vargas threw a shutout against the A's at the K. That was against Kazmir. The Royals got three runs off of him in seven innings that day. Seven hits, three Ks, and a walk for Kazmir. I mean, you got to give Oakland the slight edge on Sunday. We haven't seen Duffy at his best so far this year. His first start was so-so. His last start was better, although it was against the Twins. Although the A's aren't necessarily that much better of a lineup than the Twins. They are better, but it's not that much better, in my opinion, at the end of the year. We'll see. I like Oakland a little bit more on Sunday. So you want to get that game tomorrow if you're the Royals. You want the two out of three this weekend. That was a big win tonight. There's no must-wins in April, especially when you're 7-2. and two. Now, if you were 0-7, there'd be a must-win. But if you're 7-2, and two, as the Royals were coming in, it's not a must-win, but you want to come home and get that eighth win, get to 8-2, and two, especially after having a lead a couple of times and losing it, especially with the controversy with Escobar and Laurie in front of a big old crowd, a sellout crowd. And you've got a tough Oakland team for two more games. This is a team that I think could up the Angels and Mariners in the AL West, by the way. I don't think the Angels are going to make the playoffs this year. I said that last week. I don't think they have what it takes. They will get Richards back, which will help a lot, but Weaver's questionable to me at this point. And I mean, we talked about that last week. We're not here, we're not here previewing the Angels right now, but we'll talk about them more when they come back here in August, obviously. But I think Oakland's a pretty good team. The offense isn't that great, but I really like their pitching. Especially the starters, obviously. The bullpen is questionable at certain times. So we'll get ready and excited for tomorrow. We'll have it for you again here on Clubhouse Conversation. It'll be interesting to see what happens with you know, the whole Brett Laurie incident tomorrow. Send me your thoughts, and I'd love to hear them, by the way, at Davo933 on Twitter, Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook as well. You can always drop me a line here, Davo at ClubhouseConversation.com. Just say, hey, love to know you're listening and enjoying Clubhouse Conversation. Got some great interviews coming up with current and former Royals. This is the place to be every postgame on your dish. Have a good night, and go Royals. What a win tonight.